You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Hey, parents, we're so excited for Vacation Bible School coming up on July 9th to the 11th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. VBS will be an enriching experience for your kids ages three years through fifth grade. This year's theme, To Mars and Beyond. Your students will enjoy an energizing Bible-based good time as they explore where God's power can take them. They'll discover how to serve God and uncover God's mission for their lives through interactive Bible lessons and relevant arts and craft projects. For more info about cost and registration, head over to internationalfamilychurch.com slash VBS where you can register your kids online. We look forward to seeing your kids with us at VBS on July 9th through the 11th. If you'd like to serve and make a difference in the lives of our kids, VBS is a great place to impact a child's life. And we'd love to welcome you to the VBS team. To serve, you can sign up online at internationalfamilychurch.com slash VBS. Coming up on Saturday, July 13th, we'll be joining with hundreds of churches to take part in a nationwide initiative called Serve Day. Serve Day is an annual opportunity for the church to get out of the church and make a difference in the surrounding community. If you're passionate about helping people in a way that can impact their lives forever, we want to encourage you to join us for this special day. You can play an important role in helping others by spreading the love of Jesus in the greater Boston area and beyond. To find out what opportunities are available, download the Serve Day app on your smartphone and search for International Family Church. We look forward to serving our community with you. Now here's today's message. Next to my dad, I've said this to this to this man in person, I've said it over the years, next to my dad, my number one hero, my second number, not second hero is sitting right here in the front row today. Pastor Tommy Barnett has been a hero of mine. He's been a spiritual father to me. He's mentored me. He's inspired me, right? 64 years he's been in the ministry. Wow. Right? He has traveled around the world. I called him one time. We were talking, and he said, he said, he just came back from Siberia. Who goes to Siberia? Pastor Tommy Barnett does. He had been there three times. He's traveling the world. 80, 81 years young. Wow. Pastored in Iowa, pastored in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, over over three decades in Phoenix alone. Uh, now his son Luke is the lead pastor, um, and he is doing an outstanding job. Uh, church in, in, in L.A., uh, the Dream Center, Pastor Matthew Barnett, who's been with us, his son. So his son Matthew, his son Luke, and his daughter Christy, they're all involved in the ministry. His wife, they're all very involved in what God is doing. Um Dream City Church in Phoenix has eight campuses now. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the, the main campus, they're, they're 10,000, 15,000 strong. I mean, it's just amazing the fruit that God has done. And I can tell you firsthand, this man is the real deal. He loves people. He does it for the right reasons. He has a pure heart. He has clean hands. I am honored today to turn this pulpit over to one of my heroes. Will you please stand to your feet and give a warm welcome, please, to Pastor Tommy Barnett. Love you too, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, come on, let's give Jesus a real big clap offer. I know you can do better than that. Come on. One more time. Yeah. Wow. Well, before you see it, turn to the one beside you and say, you look like you've been working out again. Come on, tell them that right now. <laughs> oh, good. Don't you feel better already? I am so delighted and pumped and anything you could say to be here today. All you wonderful people, I love this church. I love your city. I even love the Red Sox. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Even though I'm from the West Coast. Amen. I know you had a guy here who made a bad prediction about it. And he had to wear the Red Shark jersey. Amen. So 
I'm going to be careful how I speak about the Red, Red Sox. What a great place this is. Your worship was just off the charts. This building is a beautiful place. It's a miracle of God. When you walk in this place, it is just... <clears throat> the greeters out there had a sign, you know, just for me. Yeah, we've been waiting on your... Oh, I guess it was for you too, wasn't it? Amen. <laughs> when you walk in this place, you have the Spirit of Christ. People welcome you with such genuine joy. Uh, you got a great venue, got a great church, got great music. But what really sets it apart is you got one of the greatest men of God in America and his dear wife, Verna, leading this place. They are, I call them the dynamic duel, amen. And what a joy it is to be here today. You got to forgive me if I'm just a little sentimental. Because, uh, well, recently I turned 81 years of age. I've been preaching the gospel for 64 years. Starting when I was 16, and you can do the math. I've been married to the same old gal for 54 years. Yeah, I'd rather fight than switch. Yeah. I figured out the other day that I've preached over 14,000 sermons in my lifetime. Been around the world many, many times. Preached in nine countries last year doing conferences. <coughs> and, and by the grace of God, I'm healthy. I run. I lift weights. I play basketball with the boys. I asked God when I was young that when I'm the age I am now, I want to do the same things I did when I was a young man. Now, I don't play basketball quite as good. I'm a little dirtier than I used to, you know. <laughs> you have to screen to get the, you know, the rebounds. A little dirtier than usual, but the Lord understands. Amen. Thank God. <laughs> but I am blessed beyond measure. And most of all, I am blessed because this church, and I'm touched, has been so good to us. When you sold your building and moved in here, you sent money that you probably needed to fix this place up. And you came to the dream conference and you touched the thousands of pastors that were there when he handed me a check that was a, one of the largest checks. It was the largest check we'd ever received of then and to this day, probably one of the three largest checks. And I preached for Joel Osteen last week. I was with uh, Jensen Franklin and the greatest churches, but no one has responded to given to the dream center like this truly international church. And I love you all, and I thank you for it with all of my heart. And I'm especially sentimental because I love your pastor. I've known him since he was a young man. He was quite a bit skinnier then. Had more hair. It's hair today, gone tomorrow, you know, amen. He's looking good, though, praise God. And I love him so much. He was always such a kind man, always. Such a godly man. And it's an honor to be here. Thank you for letting me be here. When I go out and speak at Pastor's Conference, I always take a moment that I have questions and answers. And uh, let them ask anything they want to about ministry and so forth. Recently, a man stood up and said, Pastor Barnett, i got a question to ask you. He said, I don't think you've tell, told us everything. What is the secret behind your success? He said, you know, you're not the best preacher I've ever heard. There are better preachers than you. He said, you're not the greatest theologian. I know better theologians. He said, your voice is not really good. It's very, very hoarse. He said, you're not the most handsome guy that I've ever seen. And I said, shut up and sit down. Amen. <laughs> Everybody laughed, I laughed, he laughed. But he said, seriously, Pastor, what is the secret of your success? He said, you're a miracle. And the truth is, I am a miracle. And I can say that without boasting. Now, if I said I was a miracle worker, I'd be giving credit to me. But I'm not a miracle worker, and neither are you. But when I say I'm a miracle, 
I'm giving credit to the one who created this simple, ordinary person and decided that he could use him to accomplish some things for the glory of God. And so today I'm going to try to answer that question. This is a message I've been praying for years, only recently started preaching it. I think I'm going to give you a secret that you've really never thought of or heard of much about. This is Father's Day, and you heard one of the greatest Father's Day short message in five minutes that you'll hear anywhere in the country. That was, wasn't that great, Pastor Doug gave, gave to us? And I love you. And women, we love you too. Listen, where would we be without you? We'd be in the Garden of Eden. That's where we'd be. Amen. You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. Amen. But Father's Day, you know, it's usually the crowd goes down on Father's Day. It goes up on Mother's Day. But I want to say to you men, I love you guys. God bless you. Just be the man. There's no higher honor, no greater seat. The king's seat is not better than being the king of the house who loves his subjects and helps them in every possible way he can. We honor you here today. Today I would like to share the secret and that secret is the title of my message. Surprise me, Lord. Father, there's a great truth that these people need to hear today. But my message will be just a sounding, tingling symbol unless you anoint it. I do not ask for the joy of preaching a great message, but I have a great truth. And I pray, God, that that truth will come alive today. And I pray lives will be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you to listen intently for five minutes on purpose. As I set the foundation of this, you got to get it. And then the rest of the sermon you'll want to listen to. You see, there are several passages in the Scripture, in the Bible, that deal with things that we must do in order to get our prayers answered. Our conditions that we must meet. For example, John chapter 15, the famous 17th verse, 7th verse. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I want you to notice. It didn't say, ask what you will first. Right. He said, first, you got to abide in me, and your word has got to abide. Yeah. And the Bible is not an Aladdin lamp that you can run to get and get what you want. Prayer is not a rabbit's foot. Prayer is a formula that always works. It's not a guess proposition. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, it didn't say if you visit me. It said if you abide, if you live here, you live in him, and he lives in you. His word is in you, and you live by the word of God. He said you can ask anything you want or get carte blanche. It'll be done unto you. I might stop right here to say that when you abide in Him and His Word abides in you, your wonder changes. You begin to want things for the kingdom of God. Things that exalt the Lord. But we can ask what we want and get it. I've come to the place in my life that I can literally ask anything for God for His work. And get it. I mean that not for myself but I've come that I can ask anything for his kingdom and get it. Yeah. First Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, if my people, here's another one, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, heal their land. God is a God of formulas. There is a way, the Bible said, that a nation can be healed and saved that always works. If a nation, God's people, called by His name, will humble themselves, pray, seek the face of God, turn from their wicked ways, America could be saved. America will not be saved if we clean up the narcotics traffic. America will not be saved if we clean up the pornography industry or gang violence. But if people who are called by God's name in America will humble themselves. My people, it didn't say the devil's people. 
my people, called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will. It didn't say I might, or I usually do, or I can do it, but I will hear from heaven, forgive the sins, and heal their land. That's a promise of God. And that's a formula. Now, a lot of these formulas have to do with prayer. They're conditions for getting your prayers answered. What about Psalms 1? Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful. That's a formula. Here's another formula. Psalms 37 and verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he'll give you the desire of your heart. That's a condition. God has definite conditions that we must meet in order to get our prayers answered. Now, follow me carefully, because here's the sermon. Now, let's suppose that I do that. Let's suppose that I meet the conditions to answer prayer that I've just taken to you with a few of the many scriptures in the Bible. I have now met God's conditions for answer prayer. And the Bible said, let him ask what he will and it shall be done unto you. But now wait a minute. There is now a second choice that opens up. Follow me. The same conditions for me to be able to have what I want qualifies me now for a second choice. So when I have abided myself in him, separated myself, his word is in me. Then I have a second choice. So there are two boxes that I can check. The first box is I may ask what I will. But here's the second one. I may ask for God to have what he wills for my life. Thy kingdom come, God. Thy will be done in my life. Now, this may surprise you, but I hardly ever pray for anything for myself. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. The Bible says you have not because you just don't ask. The Bible said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall be opened. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Over and over, we're commanded to just ask and ask big and ask God, but we don't even know how big to ask God. Do you know why I don't pray for things for myself? Although there's nothing wrong with it. I'll tell you why. Because I'm afraid if I pray for something for myself, God may have something bigger and better for me because his will for your life is bigger than your will. What he wants to give you is greater than you can even fathom within your life. So I'm taking you to a higher level to get things for you that God already prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. But you keep saying, I want this. If I pray for a pint... Now, maybe that's not a good illustration of pint, you know. So let's assume I pray, God, give me a fifth. No, that's worse yet. Amen. Let's go back to the pint. God, give me a pint. God will probably give me a pint if I've met the conditions. But it may be that God was going to give me a gallon. So I can have a choice in this matter. I can say this is what I choose, or I can say, Lord, I want you to choose. And you're still not getting it, so i got to give you an illustration. Christmas time, my wife came to me and said, Honey, have you bought my Christmas present yet? I said, Yes, I have. She said, Oh, you usually pick out the wrong thing. You usually get the wrong color, the wrong size. You know, I'd rather have money this year. Could you take it back and get money and give me money? I pick what I want. I said, are you sure? She said, I'm sure. So I took it back. A few months, gave her the money. A few months later, we were going shopping through the mall. Now, let me just say, I'd rather go through seven years of the tribulation than go shopping with my wife. Amen. Come on, man. Let's hear it. This is Father's Day. 
Come on, ladies. Tolerate us just a little bit. Amen. And as we walked through, we came past a jewel. And I said, would you like to see what I bought you for Christmas you didn't want? She said, yeah, I'd like to. And I put it in the window, and there was a beautiful little diamond ring. And she went, oh. <laughs> Christmas time rolled down the next year. I said, honey, what do you want for Christmas? She said, honey, you just go pick it out and surprise me. <laughs> See, what God wants you to have is better than what you want to have. But the tragic thing is we say, I want what I want. And God looks down and said, oh, that's okay. But if you only knew what I had prepared for you. So there's three things I want to say that could change your life. Buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. Statement number one. His plan is better than my plan. When I was 12 years ago, God called me to the ministry. And I had a desire and felt that God called me to build a church, and I wanted to be a great church. But if I would have prayed that God would have given me a big church at that time, the largest charismatic church you might remember was a church of about a thousand in America, the largest. So if I would have asked God for a big church, I would have probably asked God for a church around 500. That would have been a big church. And God would probably have given me a church of 500. But did you know that God had something better planned for us? You know, I almost blew it. Several times when we were looking for property as our church began to grow for the Phoenix campus, I almost prayed that God would give me McCune Mansion. Now, McCune Mansion was a mansion built on the side of a mountain. Look at over Phoenix in Paradise Valley. It's where the rich people live. Right beside it was Barry Goldwater, who ran for president, his estate. And I almost prayed that God would give me that property. Can you imagine if we'd got the property and we rolled in our 500 buses full of American heathens. Amen. <laughs> Those little rascals would be climbing all over his house. I don't think Barry would have been too pleased with us. Then we looked at a piece of property on the freeway. 15 acres. 100,000 cars went by that property every day. And we joined hands with the deacons and we almost prayed that God would have given us that property. But we didn't. We prayed, God, give us the property that you want. What a mistake. Look what we would have missed if we bought those 15 acres. We would have missed being able to have 40 buses. There wasn't enough property for that. We wouldn't have had room to build our auditorium that seated about 6,000 people. And without that auditorium, we couldn't have had Joyce Meyer for the last 17 years because there was no place big enough except our auditorium. We would have missed having our Christmas pageant that draws about 80,000 people in 17 performances every year. We would have missed having the parking lot for about 2,000 cars. We would have missed the prayer pavilion on the side of the mountain that's open 24 hours a day and it never closes. We would have missed Small World Village for our children. We would have missed the youth building we would have missed the high school we were able to build and the college on our spot. We would have missed the prayer mountain behind the church where thousands go to prayer. We would have missed the football field where children can enjoy. If I would have prayed for those 15 acres on the freeway, look what I have missed, but I never prayed that way. I pray, God, you got a place for us. The same is true when we came to the Dream Center in L.A., the first church that came out of the Azusa uh, Street Revival where Pentecost was born. The first church that came out was Bethel Temple. We inherited that, a little ghetto church in the middle of the ghetto. Soon we outgrew the building and we had to find a place. We began to look. We found the Ambassador Hotel. That's where Jen, JFK, his brother Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Later, it was tore down. I wanted that property. 
But I pray, God, you got a place for us. Please guide us. We then saw the Jewish temple in Beverly Hills. Seen about 3,000. Beautiful place they were selling. I thought, I'll get to be pastor to the movie stars. Amen. <laughs> but I didn't pray that way. And then we came to the Power and Light Company right downtown. Beautiful parking lot, indoor parking lot. About 200,000 square feet, six stories high. I thought we were going to get it. We offered them $8 million. We didn't have $8 million, but by faith we offered $8 million. <laughs> One hour before we were to get it, the Koreans came in and bought it. I've been bitter at Korea ever since. Amen. They, uh, <laughs> no, the truth was, God opened up a piece of property twice as big, 400,000 square feet, 15 stories high, 400,000 square feet, 1,400 rooms. Are you ready for this? Instead of 8 million, we offer in 3.9. And we got a place on the side of the Queen of Hospital that has become a conduit. It has become an icon. And from it, 266 dream centers has spawned all around America. And we don't know how many around the world. And it's happening every day. If I would have prayed for these other properties, I believe God would have given me one. But I prayed, God, I need your help. Because at that time, I couldn't fathom what God had in store for us. And that's why the Bible said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. It has never entered into the heart of the imagination of those who love God. See, God's got a bunch of stuff prepared for you from the foundation of the earth that you're never going to get. Because you've checked just one of the squares. And you're saying now, that I have met God's condition. I'm going to choose what I want. And you can. And probably God will give it to you. He will give it to you. If you meet the conditions I preached about earlier. Or. You can say God. Would you choose what I get? I have come to the conclusion. After preaching the gospel for 64 years. That I've gotten a heap a lot more. And lived a better life when I asked God to do the choosing. And I checked that little square that says, I could either say, I want what I want, or I want God what you want. Because God's plan for my life, number one, is better than my plan. Ready for number two? It's going to get better. Now, I'd rather for him decide what I get because number two, I don't know all that he has. And if I don't know all that he has, how can I know what to ask God for? So since God has given me the power to choose and check the square that I want to check, I'm going to say, God, go ahead and just surprise me. Thy will be done. I love this story. A little boy during the Depression went to the grocery store with his mother. Not much money in those days. They only got a few necessities. That's all they had money for. And when they went to check it out, the groceryman was checking out the items, and he had a big old jar of candy, hard candy. The little boy kept eyeing that candy. He sure liked to have some, but they couldn't afford it. The groceryman saw him eyeing the candy. He said, son, tell you what I want you to do. Just reach in in your hand and get the biggest handful of candy you can. It's yours. The boy just stood there. He said, son, did you hear me? Reach in there and get the biggest handful of candy that you can. The boy just stood there. He said, I don't think you understand. I want you to get all the candy you can get with one handful of candy. The boy just stood there. Finally, the groceryman grabbed a sack, reached in with his hand, put a handful of candy in the sack, when they walked out, the mother said, Son, you were disrespectful. That man was trying to bless you. He wanted to give you candy, but you wouldn't listen. Why didn't you take the candy when he said, He said, Because his hand was bigger than mine. <laughs> I've come to tell you that his hand 
is bigger than mine. I don't know what he has. So I'm going to say, God, I'm just going to trust you. Because when you trust God, number one, God's plan is better than mine. Number two, I don't know all God has. And my favorite one, oh, get ready. I don't even know what I need. You see, I'm kind of a spoiled brat. God's given me a great church. He's given me a wonderful wife. Give me three great children that love God. Has given me friends like this great place. Pastors and friends like Pastor Devdeck, Joel Turco. I'm spoiled. Not only do I know, I don't know what I want, but I don't even know what I need or what I want. Uh, some time ago when I was a young man, I was preaching one Sunday. I don't know how I got it in this, but I talk about our wants and our needs. I said if I had the kind of car that I want, probably never get it, you know, but I was a young man. I'd like to have a sports car, that little Mercedes coupe, red, convertible. I said if I had my choice, that's what I'd have. Years went by. A young couple got saved in our church, beautiful couple. They love God with all their heart. They're very poor, and one day on the way home from work at 3 o'clock in the morning, a drunkard ran a stoplight, hit him, killed him right on the spot. The, they were poor. The church came to their aid. We paid for their funeral. We loved them. We reached out. Then they were so grateful. A few months later, they said, Pastor, there's a young lady who wants to see you in the lobby. So I came out, and there she was. She said, Pastor... I got something to show you. Follow me. And we walked in front of the church and she said, and she pointed to this beautiful red convertible sports Mercedes and said, as she threw me the keys, it's yours. I said, what do you mean? You know, she got a big settlement from the insurance company because this man was extremely wealthy that had killed her husband. He said, yours. I heard you say one time, if you had your one, and God told me to give this to you. And I said, wow. I was taken back. And then I said, you know what? That's wonderful, but I want you to have it. I believe God wants you to have it. Oh, no. She said, God spoke to me to buy this for you. I said, but no, I feel it. No, don't, don't make me miss God, Pastor. I hate it when they use my preaching against me. Amen. I said, okay, let's just pray about this for a week. And if God still speaks to you and me, then we'll do it. A week later, she came back. Well, I prayed about it, and God told me to give it to you. I said, but I prayed about it, and I think you, you should keep it. She said, Pastor, you're going to make me miss God. I said, look, if, if we miss God, you obeyed God. I will have to answer to God in heaven someday if I miss God. So I'll take responsibility. You don't have to worry about it. But I want you to have it. And finally she said, okay. I watched her get out, walk down to the little car, and drove my car out of the parking lot. Amen. <laughs> and I went into my office like I do when I'm happy. And I took my shoes off and I got on the couch and I just jumped up and down and said, thank you, Jesus. And I said, Lord, I really didn't want that dumb car. I just wanted to know that I could have it if I wanted it. And my son, Luke, heard the story. And he said, Dad, I believe it was God. He said, she just got the first name wrong. It was Luke Barnett that got So sometimes I come to God in prayer and I say, Lord, you know, I met your conditions. I met your formula. I've abided in you and your word has abided in me. I don't walk in the counsel of ungodly. I don't sit in the way of sinners. I don't sit in the seat of the scorn. I delighted myself in the Lord. Now, Lord, I'm ready to order. And God said, okay, I got my pen and pencil. What do you want? Oh, God, I don't know all that you've got. 
So many times I go to God and say, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to do what I often do when I go to cities. I travel a lot. I eat in restaurants all the time. And sometimes the food all tastes the same. Like cardboard, you know. And sometimes I go to a restaurant and I say to the waitress, look, go back and tell the, the chef in the kitchen, fix me up the best thing that he's got in the kitchen. And sometimes I come to God and I say, God, I don't know all that you've got. So sometimes I say, God, just fix me the best thing you've got in your kitchen and surprise me. And God says, surprise, surprise. And gives me things that I didn't even know that I wanted. I've got a little granddaughter who plays golf in college. I love golf. I play golf all my life. And now I get to play with her. I'm a little better sometimes. She beats me. Amen. Thank God. But that little 110-pound girl can hit it 250 yards down the fairway. And I get to play golf with her. And I love her so much. You can't buy that. And then this afternoon, I'm going to go down. Is it Boynton? Is that the street? Boylston. Boylston, okay. Or whatever it is. Amen. (laughs) And my little granddaughter has one of the fastest miles in America. She's a sophomore, and she's the top three. And they picked the top ten Milers High School, and they call it the Miracle Mile. It's a pro meet, but they have this special event. And they flew her and her mother out and blessed them with a lot of gear and clothes. And, and I bought me a ticket, and I get to preach in this great church. I get to go stand and scream louder than anybody. <laughs> you can't buy that. So God comes and says, I'm going to surprise you. Your favorite sport was track and field. You ran, but you couldn't run this fast. Now, you get to live vicariously to that little girl. Hey, have you ever prayed for something that you're sorry that you prayed for when you got it? Now, don't look at the one beside you right now. Please don't. Amen. Hey, have you ever gone Christmas shopping and you see a box there all decorated up that you can buy for $10? It's a surprise gift. And you can buy it and be surprised at what's in it. Or you could take your $10 and choose what you buy. So let's suppose that I buy one of those $10 surprise box and I open up and what's in it? Hair curlers. (laughs) Now I'm dead sure I don't need hair curlers. I need what's under those curlers. I need hair. (laughs) I need a wig. I've tried everything in my lifetime to grow hair. Someone said if you put hot packs on your hair. I tried it, it didn't work. They said, put cold packs. It didn't work. Someone said, if you buy a bottle of vodka and rub vodka on your hair. I tried that, it didn't work. I give the rest of it to Pastor Del Teco, and he drank it. Amen. You know. I'm just kidding now. Come on. <laughs> what I have to do to keep you all awake? That's amazing. But I've discovered really the secret of this hair business. I'm going to let my eyebrows grow real long and just comb them back over. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. Come on. Amen. Okay, let's get back to the $10 box. Let's just say that I go ahead to the $10 box. Suppose for a moment that the person that packed that box knew me. And the purpose that packed that box made me. Let's suppose that the person that packed that box loved me with a love more than anybody could understand. And let's suppose that the person who packed that box owned the cattle on a thousand hills and the gold and silver that was in these hills. Now, how do you think I ought to spend the $10? I'll buy the box every single time. Because my God in heaven, He loves me. He's crazy about me. He loves me more than I love myself. 
He knows what I need more than I know. He knows what I want better than I know what I want. Did you ever have anything bad that happened to you? And later on you said, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. See, all we have to judge is our senses, our smell, our sight, our healing, our feelings. But he who is omniscient, who knows everything, has something for you. He who owns everything has something for you. He that loves you more than a love that you don't even understand has something for you. So God says you met the conditions for prayer. Okay, tell me what you want. I'm ready to take your order. But before you do, it's true that you can ask what you want. But before you order, there's a second choice. And God says, if you'd like for me to, I'll pick out something and give it to you. And brother, I have learned after 64 years in the ministry and 81 years of life to say, surprise me, Lord. And that's why I hardly ever pray for things for myself. That's why I never pray for cars or planes or nothing wrong with that. Yeah, just ask. There's nothing wrong. But I've learned to say, Surprise me, Lord. And what a tremendous way to live. I'm living it this afternoon cheering for my granddaughter. I'm living here today preaching one of the churches, true great churches in America, with a pastor I love. I'm often asked, Pastor, did you ever expect in your lifetime to build a dream center? No, no. I was never trained in cross-cultural evangelism. There was no such thing as a dream center. But the Lord surprised me. Did you ever plan or desire to be the chancellor of a college? <laughs> I never even graduated from college. When they asked me to be the chancellor, I thought they were talking about a chandelier. That's how dumb I was. <laughs> I've been the chancellor of two major colleges, the Great Grand Canyon with over 100,000 students in Phoenix and now southeastern in Lakeland, Florida. Did you ever plan to write books? Nope. I'm not a writer, but I pen 12 books. Did you expect to have conference for pastors? No, but we've had 40 of them. For 40 years, over 200,000 pastors have come to these schools. Did you ever expect to travel around the world and preach? Nope. But there are two choices. Number one, you can get what you want. Or number two, get what he wants for you. But I'll guarantee you, there's no life in the world like getting what God wants for you. What a tremendous way to live. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and get it. Or you can say, thy kingdom come in my life. Thy will be done. And when I pray this way, every day is Christmas for me. Because I'm saying, Lord, I really don't want anything. I just want things for your kingdom. I want to close my life first now. This could change your whole life. That's all I would really have to do is just quote the scripture and leave. In all thy ways, Acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. See, there's two sections here. First, my job is to acknowledge Him in every way. I didn't come just to see a race. I came to acknowledge God. I believe being here is acknowledging God. My job when I came to Boston was to acknowledge Him. And His part was to direct my path. What a way to live. Some of you are worried about being the will of God. You'll never be out of the will of God if in all of your ways you will acknowledge Him. Then He will direct your path. I call it the God-led life. There's no life in the world like being led by God. And it may surprise you. I didn't have a dream for all these things that God gave me. God just opened up an opportunity and I said, 
That could be God. I think I'm going to see if it is. I'm going to go down that trail. And God blessed it and opened up another. He put opportunities, surprises. And he said, I'm going to direct your path. So let me sum it up this way. Go ahead and ask. Ask big. Ask as big as your little finite mind will allow you to ask. Believe, ask and believe God. But after asking as big as you can, just add. But God, if you've got something better, Amen. surprise me. Yes. And God will surprise you. I kind of relate to old Joe Namath, the football player. Old Joe said he couldn't wait to get up in the morning to see how good looking he got during the night. Amen. I can relate to that. Amen. It hurts me when you laugh that way. Come on. Amen. Look at me and I'm done. Today I've come and I've speaking, spoken to you something that's never preached. Yeah, I'll ask. But God's got something better and bigger able to do exceedingly abundantly that's already prepared for you in heaven, waiting for you to say, God, surprise me. Every head bowed, every eye closed, quickly. People sitting in this audience, many of them are young and strong and they got minds like a lawyer and healthy bodies. But when they wake up in the morning, there's no reason to get out of bed. But boredom, no joy, nothing to look forward to. And this morning you've heard an 81-year-old man who just can't wait to get up in the morning. Just can't wait to see what God's going to do during the day. Surprise me, Lord. Do exceedingly above. And God has that life for you, young man, young lady, senior citizen. It never ends. This is your day. And I really can say that this crowd, and truly you are an international church. There are people from all over the world. This crowd will never meet again. I'll leave and before I come again, maybe Jesus will come or maybe I go to meet him. Some of you get in your car and you'll head home and you're just 10 feet away from an oncoming car. You think nothing about it. Some of you will move away. This crowd will never meet again. And for some of you, God seemed to speak to me this morning when I was praying. It's either now or never. In other words, if you don't make that decision today, you'll probably never make it. This is your such a time as this moment. So I'm going to close in a prayer. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask everybody to raise your hand who'll say, Pastor, I need God. I need Him bad. I'm not satisfied with my life for serving God. I'm not sure if I stood before Him tomorrow, I'd be ready to meet Him. Pastor, I just need God, and I want to thank you for coming, and I believe God led you to be here today. But Pastor, I'm not sure I'd be ready to stand before God if I had to meet Him tomorrow. Would you just pray for me? And every head will be bowed. No one will see that hand except God will. I will and you will know. And I want to pray for you in just a minute. And the reason I ask you to raise your hand is I can pray for you better if I know who you are. And the Bible said we must be willing to confess before men. An outward show of an inward change. So all heads are bowed. When I ask you to raise your hand, I believe they're going to go up all over this building. If you don't mean business, you'll keep it down. If you want to leave this place in a worse situation than when you came, you'll keep it down. But if you say, I want to know God, you're saying, this is a surprise morning because Jesus Christ is ready to come into your life and change you forever and give you a life full of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. So while every head is bowed, I just feel that I hadn't done this a long time. I'm going to count the number three to give you time to think it over. When I come to three, I believe hands are going to go up all over this building. One, Christians, I want you to pray right now. Souls are in the balance. Two, when I say three, 
from the left to the right to the front to the rear. Husband, wife, boy, girl, father, if you come, the whole family will be right with God. So while every bed is bowed, if you'll say, Pastor, please pray for me, I want you to raise your hand. All over this building right now, put them up high. Pastor, pray for me. They're going up all over this place. In this one section over there, there's about 12. In the middle section, there has to be another 10. Probably 20 over here. The Holy Spirit's moving. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for these hands. You may put them down. The Bible said that if we'll confess our sins, He'll forgive us. It didn't say if we pray loud. It didn't say if we got goosebumps. But it said the moment that you call upon the name of the Lord, that He would forgive you. And for this moment, Jesus died. Are you ready? So I'm going to ask every one of you that raised your hand to repeat this prayer. It's called the prayer of repentance. And I want to have the Christians join with them. And I want it to sound loud like thunder. Because the moment you pray, you're acknowledging that He is the Son of God. And He said you will be saved. So together, everybody repeat it loud and strong. Dear God. I need a Savior. You said that if I would ask you that you would forgive me. And I believe you, Lord. I repent of my sins. And I give my life to you. You are now my God. I am forgiven. I want to live for you. Surprise me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap offering right now. Come on, big praise the Lord. Amen. Stand to your feet. Give a shout. I want to hear a shout today. Praise God. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit INCLFamilyChurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.